Welcome to the Humber College Radio Play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College comedy students. For our first radio play, join us for an emergency town hall meeting in Digby Creek. I wonder what tonight's meeting is going to be. Right. I don't know. I almost got hit by a hog. Yes, I'm really hoping. Man, I came here to play fire. I almost got hit. There's no menu here. All right, everybody, take your seats. Let's uh, calm down now, please. Um, I'd like to get this meeting started if we can. Not only use some coffee. Completely unacceptable. Take your seats. Nothing I want to get tired of. I'm so tired. Can we just take our seats? Who is this man at the front trying to tell us what to do? I don't know. Hey, I don't know. Hey, Who's that's the mayor. Everyone listen oh, oh, up. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Bob Matthews. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm uh, the mayor, Mayor Blum. Uh, thank you for joining me at tonight's emergency town hall. Uh, and a special thank you goes to the Digby Creek Bingo Players Association for delaying tonight's game so we could use the community center. Oh, that's what happened to Bingo. Oh, I wanted to play Bingo today, but no more I got to see the stupid Now let's go to the pigs. Now, let's begin by reciting our town motto. Everybody put your hand on your heart and repeat after me. We the people of Digby Creek. We the people of Digby Creek. Oh, does anybody know what the motto is? I'm oh, does anybody know what the motto is? You know what the motto is? Oh, uh, is that the motto? I think it's, uh, I the we the people take this church to be our... You know what, everybody? This church is oh, our... You know what, everybody? Cool. We'll circle back to that at the end. Okay. Okay. Anywho, as you've all probably noticed, we're entering our third week of living in a town swarming with feral hogs. As their numbers continue to multiply, it's clear we can no longer pray that everything will work itself out. So I brought in an expert at my own expense, all the way from Bayville. Oh, someone from Bayville oh. came oh, yeah. here. Oh, the big oh, yeah. got the city caviar. I'm really proud. I never know. They have iPhones. They actually have a working sewer sewer? Ladies and gentlemen, Please give it up for Chubb Stickland. Okay, let's give it up. I trust Chubb, a man yeah. named Chubb. Hey, hey. hey. I trust Chubb, any man you? named Chubb. Oh, goodness, I, I hope he's a decent job. Yeah, I'm going to take you to get from Facebook. Did you take the train? Chubb, how are you? Look at the guy. Chubb, how are you? For work. Hello, everyone. Chubb, in your expert opinion, what do you suggest we should do about these feral hogs? Oh, uh, I only handle dead hogs. I'm a butcher. Okay, so we kill the hogs uh, first, then Chubb can butcher them. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. Sounds good, yeah. That's, that's a great idea. That was with yeah. bingo. I'm riding right the bird. Right. Right. We can go home. Settle down. Thank you, Chubb, for your insight. I'm still getting paid, right? Uh, yeah, uh, 
let's just put that idea on the back burner for now. Uh, oh, good idea. We can cook the hogs after we kill them. Yeah. Oh, you cook a hog. Oh, yeah. Don't involve killing or cooking them, please. Hi, everyone. My name is Dave McAvoy. Oh, I'm the police here chief go. here in Digby Creek. Didn't you get fired over in Bayville? No, I got transferred. Oh, that's what I call it. My team and I used to get to a crime scene in two hours flat. It was a county record. But now that these hogs are blocking the roads and people are making crude comments about the lazy pigs in this town, my team is so demoralized, they've stopped responding to calls. Oh no, Dave. What do you think we should do? I, I propose tanks. we use our city's budget to invest in those tanks I've been asking for. But like I told you several times before, there's no money left in the budget for tanks. Where'd the money go? Uh, it got spent on things. Now, if we can just focus on the issue at hand. This city's going to the birds, Blum. Sit down, McAvoy. I'm you sick of you showing up. I am going to buy that tank out of pocket. I'm going to run you over with it. Are you okay with that? I'm not going to arrest myself for that. Sorry about that, everyone. Does anybody else have anything to offer? I have something. Oh, well, uh, 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 why, hello, Miss uh, Mary Magdalou. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. 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 Mary, do you have an idea on how to deal with these pigs? No. I wrote a poem. Oh. Well, uh, nothing like a little bit of arts and culture to spice up a town meeting, right? Go ahead, Mary. <clears throat> Curly tails, pink Skin, beady eyes, the meat within, pork and bacon, ham and ribs. We should eat them. Thank you. Ooh. I love poetry. Oh my god, oh, such a lovely girl. I mean, I love how much I love eating the hogs. We should eat the hogs. I'm a big fan of that. Thank you, Mary. Just a reminder to everybody we aren't eating them, but it was a very nice poem. I wrote it about the pigs. Yeah, that much was clear. Uh, <clears throat> uh, now, uh, does anybody else have an idea? Uh, maybe something more humane. Oh, I work for the Humane Society. Well, why didn't you say something earlier? Go ahead. Hi, uh, I'm Tan Sunder, and at the Humane Society, we can only kill animals oh boy. if no one adopts them. So, if the entire town agrees not to adopt the pigs, we can humanely put him down. Isn't that a good idea? I like that idea. I wouldn't even adopt any pigs. He's so good. Why would I want to adopt a pig? Let's put him down with these guys. I like it because I'm hungry. That's wild. Honestly, the last thing I want to do is adopt a pig. So this is absolutely perfect. I mean, we get rid of the pigs. I'm not me. Man, I'm not me. Thank you, Tan, but I specifically asked for ideas. Do you use tanks at the Humane Society to put them down? Now there's women with my heart. I wish. All right, let's focus up here, everybody. See, first, 
We put the animals in burlap sacks. Does it have to be burlap? Okay, settle down, please. I don't know. That's just how we do it. Then, we take the bags of animals down to the river. You mean the creek? Uh, guys? Um... No! We take them to a river in a different county. That way, it can be traced back to us. Yup, that's how you do it. If we could just focus up here, please. I... I don't know if we can afford enough burlap for all these hogs. Well, when the media starts sniffing around, we use these shots to put the animals down instead. We have to think practically shots. here. That's a great idea. I have guns back at the police station that we can use. We can't shoot In them. In my expert opinion, we should shoot the hogs. Nobody's shooting my hogs. What? Oh my god. Uh, I mean those hogs, right? <laughs> Nobody's shooting those hogs is what I meant to, uh, uh, oh boy, all right, fine. I admit it. I spent our town's budget on feral hogs. You pig! Oh, oh, How dare you! Oh, I knew it! 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 I why would you buy a bunch of feral hogs? Yeah, why would like you a good buy idea a at the time? I don't know. That money was supposed to go towards paving Main Street. We can't just keep painting over the dirt. We're gonna run out of paint. And my classroom needs more copies of Where's Waldo? And I want my tanks. Come on, let's hang Come the bear. Let's hang the bear. We'll hang it with that bear. We'll cook it like that. We'll cook it like that. Hang the bear. Everybody stop. Hey, look around you. We've all made mistakes. Mary, remember when your mom gave all that money to the Nigerian prince and the town held a fundraiser to get her back on her feet? Yeah, and then she spent the money on a plane ticket to go meet him. And I never saw her again. And Tan, remember when you spent all your money on feral hogs? Seemed like a good idea at the time. And Dave, you're always going to make mistakes. My oh. point is, we're a town. We're supposed to have each other's backs. It's like our town motto says. Um, I'm just, the dignity under uh, the hill. All right, boy, I think we get the idea. Um... Thank you, Ball Matthews. You're a good friend. And I suppose if the whole town agrees that we should kill the hogs, well, I guess that wouldn't be so bad. We can go home. I'm a vegetarian. You can make a community event out of it. Well, that's a great idea, Dave. Uh, we can sell tickets and people can pay to shoot the hogs. I can butcher the pigs they shoot. I have the perfect pig poem to perform. And I'll also be there. We can call it Pigsby Day. You guys, I think Pigsby Day is going to be the best day of the year. Let's get planning. God bless Digby Creek. Yay! Yay! Yeah! Yay! Oh, man. Big Creek! 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 Big Cre
The Pigsby Day Massacre has gone down as one of the greatest tragedies in modern history. The citizens of Digby Creek, untrained and incapable of wielding their police force's excessive artillery, were quickly taken out by friendly fire. The few survivors were devoured by the hogs. After acquiring a taste for human flesh, the hogs left Digby Creek behind in search of more victims. And so, Digby Creek stands as a testament to the power of faith. If its citizens had continued to pray for everything to work itself out, they would still be here today. Instead, they allowed their faith in the Lord Almighty to be shaken and were punished thusly. The end. Hogwash was written by Jeff Hobbs, who stars as Mayor Bloom with Adam Nicole, Gavin Johnstone, Josh Disa, Ian Stewart, and featuring Nada Malemba as Miss Mary Magdalou. You're listening to the Humber College radio play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College comedy students. For our next radio play, we take you to a fancy restaurant somewhere in downtown, anywhere. Hi, Leslie? Yes, Matt? Hi, oh my goodness, hi. Julia said you'd be wearing a beautiful red dress, and, and I gotta say, it looks great on you. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh... Could, can I give you a hug? Is that weird? No, <laughs> I, I, I guess it's not. <laughs> All right, here it comes. Uh, let's go. Uh, oh, 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 sorry, uh, almost kissed you there. Well, I gotta say, you just smell delightful. So clean. What's that smell? Thank you. Uh, I think it's Tide Ultra Fresh. Oh, is that French? It sounds French. <laughs> uh, it's not French. Good evening. Do you have reservations? Uh, yes. It's under Leslie for two. Right. Follow me right this way. This is Swanky. You the owner? Me? <laughs> no, sir. Here is your table. Huh? Let me get your chair. <gasps> Thank you, Matt. You're very kind. <laughs> what can I say? My mother raised a gentleman. Sir and madam, welcome to Malkutwal. Would you care to see the wine list? Do you serve Mountain Dew? I don't believe we do, sir. Mm, you should really start serving Mountain Dew. Trust me, it would do wonders for this place. I will look into it, sir. People love Mountain Dew, and you should really give the people what they want. How about a bottle of wine for the table? We just got a beautiful red shipping from Paris. <gasps> That sounds lovely. Mm-mm, mm-mm, not for me, no can do. I'm driving tonight, I'm on my third DUI, and oh my God, just the thought of wine makes me wanna, oh, um, oh God, I'm sorry. I, I guess that's a no for the wine for us. <laughs> I'll see what I can do regarding getting Mountain Dew for the table, sir. Would you need time to look at the appetizers? Yeah, chicken wings? Chicken. Wings, sir? Yeah, you know, like the little mini chickens. You're about their wings and their legs and smell of them in hot sauce. Come on, every restaurant has chicken wings. Chicken wings. Coming right up, sir. Uh, is that a song you're working on? Oh, no, 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 sorry. It's just a slogan for Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought you were a singer or something. Oh, no. But but it's catchy, right? 
Do you like work for Mountain Dew or something? Oh, no, I just think it's delicious. <laughs> How about uh, we talk about something other than Mountain Dew? Oh, yeah, totally, of course. Um, uh, What do you do for a living? Uh, actually, no, don't tell me, don't tell me. Let me guess. Oh, no, please don't. You'll never get it. I run an Etsy shop that sells miniature furniture. You know, some might call it silly, like my, my family does, but it's my passion, and it has been for seven years. <laughs> miniature furniture? Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, isn't that funny? Because I was in the military for seven years. The military? Yeah, I guess Julia didn't tell you. Sorry to interrupt. Luckily, we were able to get our first boy to run to a snow field across the street and get your Mountain Dew, sir. Oh, nice. And you got the code red kind. Oh, you see, this, this is what I call customer service. Can I give you a hug? I think I feel a hug coming out. I'm gonna give you a hug. I'm gonna give you a hug. Just let him hug you. Uh, Sorry, sir. Um, at the establishment, there is a no-hugging policy. Oh. Aww. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> no worries. But I want you to know I am very thankful for this Mountain Dew. Much obliged, sir. And there are wings. Oh, ho, ho, ho. this is perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you still need a moment for the entries? Well, I haven't really looked at the menu yet. Um... It's okay. We can order now. Makes your job easier, right, pal? <laughs> well, let's see. What do I want to eat since this is a night of first? You know what? I'll go for the salmon. You've never had salmon. And for the lady? Um, well, I guess since this is a special night, I will have whatever the special of the night is. Fabulous choice, ma'am. Coming right up. <gasps> Did he just call me ma'am? Wait, you've never had salmon? Wait, okay, you were in the military? Yeah, to all three of those things. Oh my god, mm. Ooh, mm. Oh my god, these are the best ones I've ever tasted. Oh my god, mm. I wonder if they sell them in bulk. Oh. Mm. So, a military man, uh, what made you decide to join? Mm. Oh, <laughs> every man in my family's been in the military. Mm. Mm. Oh, really? That that makes sense then. Um, so what made you want to leave? Oh, <laughs> you know, the usual. Served my time, got a couple medals, and then I ended up getting shot in the head. Yeah, nothing special. <coughs> Hey, 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 whoa, hold on, you, you, you okay? Here, have some Mountain Dew. Oh, oh, oh. you were... Yep, shot in the head, yes I was. It went in right here and came out all the way over here. Oh my god, I, I'm so sorry, Matt, that, that's awful. Oh, don't be, oh, I'm one of the lucky ones, trust me. The only downside is now I get a couple migraines, I got a crap memory, for some reason, after getting a blow to the head, Mountain Dew's been like the best thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> it's true. I didn't even like pop before this. Isn't that funny? I'll say that's pretty hilarious. Well, I'm glad because I got a good story out of it and a date with you. <gasps> what does getting shot in the head have to do with this date, silly? Well, if I didn't get shot, I would never have gone to the 
to the what's it called again? Oh yeah, the hospital. I've never gone to the hospital. Julia would have never been my nurse, who then became one of my best friends, and she wouldn't have been able to set us up. <laughs> wow, if you never got shot in the head, we never would have met. Funny how life works out that way, huh? Yeah, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, okay, I have two delicious main courses here. A perfectly touched salmon, and the special of the night, a beautiful pan-seared duck. Oh, thank you very much. This all looks so good. Enjoy, guys. Mm. Okay, 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 okay. Now I get what all the rage about salmon is. This is delightful. Oh my god. Mm, 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 mm. Hey, you're not eating. Something the matter? Oh, no, it, it's it's nothing, really. Well, it has to be something. Did you find a hair in your food? Waiter! No, 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 it, it's not that. It's, uh, it's just, it's embarrassing. What? You can tell me. Promise you won't laugh? Yes, I promise. Uh, duck makes me gassy. Like, so gassy, Max. Like, if I even know they serve duck here, I would have picked a different restaurant. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I fart a lot. <laughs> mm. Let's trade entrees. I love duck. Really? But I'd feel so guilty taking your first ever salmon away from you. Don't be. You sacrificed one for my gas, and I'll sacrifice salmon for yours. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for trading me. Of course. It was fun. Kind of like when you would trade lunches back in elementary school. <gasps> you are so right! When we were younger, Julie and I would always trade lunches in the playground. Her mom made the best PB&Js. Mm, make that second best, because you haven't tried my PB&Js. <laughs> I'd like to sometime. Yeah, I'd like that too. Sorry to interrupt your lovely couple again. <laughs> we only have one dessert available for tonight. It's best described as a deconstructed peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what? I think that dessert is perfect for us. One order to share, please. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Coming right up. You know what? I think this night deserves a toast. I think you're right. To Julia? To Julia. Oh god. I guess that oh, I guess me. that duck had a little bit of a wine glaze there, didn't it? <laughs> Peanut Butter and Jelly was written by Tyra Banda and starred Tarby McCann, Mendel Charlus, and Barry Zoo as the waiter. Let's dig deeper and go into the forest for our next radio play. In the dark, deep woods of Black Creek, Ontario, Ruby Lovegood is camping alone. Ruby is 35 years old, or at least that's what she says. Her hair is box-dyed blonde. Her shorts are about two sizes too small. She's wearing her Cats the Musical top merch from when she saw the production in Toronto 20 years ago. She says it's what inspires her to be the star she is today. Her camping site is barely set up. The tent sags to the floor, and the cooler has no ice. The only thing she got right was the fire. Overall, Ruby is not your typical camper, but 
She's not here for pleasure. She's here on business. She goes in for another s'more, her 12th one of the night. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 all right, okay. You don't need to keep count? I'm not judging you, okay? I'm simply painting a scene for the audience. Well, how much I eat is it important. Ruby is alone. She has driven everyone away with her anger issues. I do not have anger issues. See? Did, did you just try and throw a rock at me? I'm just a bodiless voice. Damn it. Not far from the campsite, where Ruby is shoving down two more s'mores, is Alex Newman, a 43-year-old, short, stubby, and plain man who's balding at the crown of his head, something he tries to hide with a pitiful comb-over or a fedora hat on special occasions. His button-up shirt is soaked with pit stains, and he is sporting cargo shorts paired with flip-flops to let his bunions breathe. Alex drags a giant duffel bag in one hand, in the other, a shovel. He stops to take breaks every two seconds because of his lack of upper body strength. Hey, right here. Babe, is that you? Did you get it done? Yes, Ruby, it's me. Wait, what's in that huge bag? The body, who? S'mores. You were supposed to get rid of the body, you idiot. Well, I thought we were going to do that together. What? That wasn't the plan. Why are you so mad? I thought you would be happy with me killing your husband. Well, Ruby's camping trip has taken a turn. Well, I never asked you to kill Mike. Yes, you did. You said, I wish someone would kill my husband for me. Then you winked at me when I asked if you wanted me to kill him for you. Then you handed me a gun and said, do it. I was joking. It's not my fault you don't understand my dry sarcasm. You said meet me in the woods at midnight when you finish the job. A job could mean anything. Oh God. Oh, what have I, what have I done? <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> I don't wanna go to jail. <laughs> oh. uh, stop crying, you baby. Ruby and Alex met when doing Oliver Twist the Musical at the local community theater. Alex was a stagehand and Ruby played prostitute number one, a part with no lines. They would hook up in the dressing room. She made me pay her. I'm very method. Ruby's rich husband, Mike, wanted her to give up her dream of being an actress and threatened to stop paying her yearly dues for community theater. So she, of course, decided to kill him. So she could be with me. No, Alex. So she could keep Mike's money. Wouldn't a divorce have been easier? I'm a Christian. What would Jesus think? Isn't murder a sin? Yeah, but I technically didn't do it, so it's fine. Oh, I forgot about divorce. Alex, sh shut up. Just bury the body, okay? And then I suggest you leave the country. But we were gonna go run away to Cuba together. I hate Cuba. There's 
no theater scene there. Cuba's a magical place. I looked it up online. It's got beaches, cocktails, and cigars. Hey, shut up and dig. Oh, 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 I've been digging forever. Please help me. Ugh, no. Please. Still no. He doesn't fit. You idiot, just squish him in. How did the cops find us? I might have told my friend Bob about this. You what? He's my best friend, I tell him everything. Alex, you idiot! Okay, well... Wait, why are you ripping your shirt and messing your hair up? Because you abducted me. I did not! Well, it's what the cops are going to believe when they see brilliant acting. Well, I've been secretly taking acting lessons on the side to try and impress you. So maybe the cops will believe my brilliant acting instead. Me, help me, officers! A maniac's after me! No! The Venge does lie! The mistress is trying to kill it me! What the hell is that? I'm being classically trained in Shakespeare. Stop right there! Get on the ground! He's trying to kill me! She's a knave! The lady wanted to kill it me! Liar! You're a liar! Give it up, you two! I'm not falling for your brilliant acting. You're both under arrest for the murder of Mike Armstrong. Thank you for calling us, sir. You're a real hero. Oh, no problem. Just doing the right thing. What? But you're just a stupid narrator. I just wanted to be the lead of the story for once. You know, I've been taking acting lessons. Dig Deeper was written by Darby McCann. Starring Nada Malemba, Josh Disa, and Daniel DeStellis as the narrator. Are you comfy? You got your radio turned up? You got food? You got a drink? Good. Good. Just a reminder that this is the Humber College radio play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College comedy students. Pour yourself a drink and join us for this family reunion. Oh, the entire family thinks I have a problem. Yeah, whatever. I'll show you who has a problem. Dad, what do you think you're doing here? Uh, huh? I'm listening to the game. We need to go back. We can't keep everyone waiting at Aunt Sharon's place. Nope, not happening. I know what you're trying to do. I'm trying to help you. You brought everybody over to Sharon's because you want me to quit drinking completely. Well, I'm not going back to your little intervention. We just want what's best for you. Now, can you please come back with me? You know what? You're absolutely right. Let's get out of here 
and head out to that new pirate-themed joint. Dad, you just stormed out of an intervention. I'm not taking you to a bar. Hey, hey, shh. Relax, Zacky boy. I'm already as drunk as a skunk. So what's the point of reasoning with one such as myself? Besides, it'll be my last night. Think of it as a going-away party for my demon that is alcoholism. I'll let you drive. I seriously don't think that it's a good idea. Everyone else is waiting at Sharon's place, and I didn't drive all the way from Toronto to Winnipeg just to take you to some crappy pirate. Hello there, matey. Welcome to Sea Legs, where Yar service is top priority. Do ye have a reservation, Captain? We should be meeting a friend. I see him over there. Hey, Craig. Ah, I see. Then walk the plank on over to your filthy landlubbers. Greg? Rory, you brought Zach! Well, I made a promise to Zach, so, you know, gotta live up to it. Oh, yeah? What'd you promise? After tonight, he is gonna quit. Yeah, yeah, not important. Where's the bar at? The bar is this way, matey. Let's fill you up with a salty sea dog. That sounds a little phallic, but I'm down. Crew, let's get Rory wasted! Woo! Rory. What the hell are you doing here? Oh, hey, Uncle Daryl. Wait, what are you doing here? Yeah, Sharon told me to be here. What is he doing at a bar? Yo ho ho and a bottle of Jägermeister. Where is wrong, you drunkard? Who cares? I feel great. Okay, I know that looks bad, but he promised me that he would quit after tonight. And you believed him. I, uh, I, uh... Zach, you and I both know that he doesn't just quit. You were lucky that he even stuck around for as long as he did before he stormed out. You didn't even get to hear about my experiences with him. After your mom passed, your father came to me for support. Then we started to party a lot. Went to a lot of clubs, drank a lot of booze, and forgot many nights. I'd be lying if I said I hated it. Truth be told is that I love getting wasted with him. <clears throat> but then he started pestering me to do it more and more, and it all just became too much. I can't do that every day. But he kept insisting on it. I was already fed up with him at that point, but the final straw came when I had to check my credit card bill. $11,000! All spent solely on drinks! Now, at first, I thought that Roy was buying his own drinks. Turns out, he used my credit card once his debt got too high. So I confronted him. He showed me his true colors, and I kicked him out. Oh my god. I, I never realized that he would do something like that. Yeah, well, neither did I. Okay, I'm not making excuses for him, but I really feel that he means it this time. Please, Uncle Daryl, you have to trust me on this. Can I offer ye buccaneers anything while ye wait? Oh, I already ate. Thank you for offering, but I'll just take the bill. Aye, Captain. I have a really bad feeling about this, but hopefully you can prove me wrong. Good luck, kid. See you back at Sharon's. Yo ho, holy cannoli! Man overboard! Are you kidding me? Batten down the hatches! <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, my head. Wait, I don't remember driving home. 
feet are awake and on your feet. Thank God. Aunt Sharon, what happened last night? Things got rowdy, that's what. Rory got thrown overboard into a dunk tank, and you tried to jump in to rescue him, but you hit your head on the gangplank. Luckily, I saw it right as I was leaving, otherwise you'd probably still be there laying on the floor. Oh, God. Where is Dad? Right there, eating some cake. Do you want some? There's a lot to go around. Oh, it looks delicious. What kind is it? Oh, it's my special rum cake. You guys gave him rum cake? It's fine. Most of the alcohol got baked out. Zachy, hey. How many pieces have you had? Five, I think. Ugh, can this wait? I have a massive migraine. You aren't going to quit, are you? I don't have time right now, son. You're tired. Go back to bed, and we can talk later. <sighs> Dad, you aren't fooling me. I know you're going to keep drinking. It's the same tired old routine. Good. Then you should know when to drop it. So why don't you zip it and leave before you start to annoy me? Okay? But I... Okay? You're not going to shut me up, Dad. I came out here, organized an intervention with the entire family, which you walked out on, and it ended with me at that god-awful pirate bar, watching my father party like some 20-year-old frat douche. And then I almost drowned in a dunk tank, trying to rescue you after you got thrown overboard by your mates. <laughs> I just want you to stop going down this path. You deserve so much better than this. You need to be with family, loving and supporting you, not stumbling around random strangers. Do you know what's really hard about this? It's especially hard when your own father doesn't treat you like you're his son. I wanna help because I wanted a connection with you again. But Uncle Daryl was right. I've gotta get home. Oh, dear God. What have I done? Zach, wait. What? I, I, I'm so sorry, Zach. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to Daryl, to Sharon, to, to your mother, to everyone. I'm sorry. I don't know if this is the cake talking or what, but I want you to know that I trust you. This entire time you've been looking out for my well-being, and I am so grateful for that. But since these are issues that I have to deal with, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And how do I know that you're telling the truth? Hi, you have reached Dr. Catherine Hicks' office. If you're experiencing a medical emergency, please hang up and dial 911. Hello, uh, this is Rory White. I'd like to schedule an appointment with you uh, as soon as you can. My number is 416-555-2525. This is my first time calling, so hopefully I'm doing this right. 
Oh, and if I don't pick up when you call back, please keep calling until I respond. Thank you. I don't want you to carry my burden anymore. We'll see. Family Reunion was written by Joey Crew, starring Adam Nicole, Sebastian Chow, Ian Stewart, Elizabeth Razuk, with Jeff Hobbs as Craig and Jocelyn Leesk as the waitress. Are you enjoying the comedy students? You better. They worked really, really, really hard on these. And now it's time for In My Pantry with Bella Butters. This is In My Pantry with Bella Butters. A wife has to prepare Thanksgiving dinner, even though she's the one with the job, because it's cooking related and she's a woman. And my Gary will always come home suspiciously late, even though he's unemployed, then have the nerve to tell me, the peas are cold, the potatoes are wet, the turkey's dry, Bella. Of course it's dry, it's turkey. Thanksgiving tip, always follow the recipe exactly. The demons in the details. While your oven's preheating at 375, snip the turkey's little bondage ropes, pull the giblets out of the meat hole, then open the oven and slide this big bird right down Sesame Street. The recipe says to stuff the turkey first, but I'm saving a little, let's say, spicy surprise for mine. Don't try this at home. I'm a professional. While the turkey is cooking, it's time for side, side dishes. dishes. My husband Gary's favorite side dish is mashed potatoes. For that, we need a pot of boiling water. Don't forget that salt. You might need it later to, I don't know, make a ritual summoning circle. For a touch of green, grab a can of peas from the freezer. If Gary wants them hot, he can sit on them. Thanksgiving tip, get a prenup. You never know when your cooking show will become successful and trap half your assets in a loveless sham of a marriage. Boil those taters for 15 minutes. They're done when you can stab them with a fork. Strain and whisk with, I don't know, a gallon of milk until they're creamy. Oh dear, mine are a bit too creamy. When this happens, just Mash them harder. <laughs> the potatoes are milky, the peas are cold, and the turkey is dry. Perfect. Because I want him to complain. I know he's been cheating on me, but not anymore. I'm stuffing this turkey with bread marinated in antifreeze. And that's not all. Once Gary's been poisoned, I'll summon the soul of this turkey to possess Gary's soft, spineless body. After that, I'll be free from Gary, free from the prenup, free from turkey. It's time for my favorite part, the sacred Thanksgiving ritual to unleash the evil turkey demon, then bind it to my will for eternity. For that, I need to offer the soul of this turkey carcass to the ancient turkey lord. Who doesn't love a blood sacrifice? <laughs> oh, profound turkey lord of the deep, I bid thee accept my sacrifice and arise from the briny marinade of the sea. 
Meleagris! Cook my turkey! Galopavo! Bake it through! Domesticus! I'll carve the world apart for you! Wait, something's going wrong. It's not supposed to smoke like that. <laughs> the antifreeze changes the profane ritual. Now the turkey ward is freed from my will. No! Ancient God! I should have known not to shove antifreeze up that turkey's butt. Turkey! He's going to destroy everything! With physical vessel, I shall wreak havoc upon the realm of men! I never should have changed the recipe! Not now, not ever! The lesson has been learned! Better butters, thinking of the pantry! Forked already for thine heaven! Yes, ancient turkey demon of the abyss. This pathetic one is ready to serve. With mashed potatoes and cold peas. The dinner is incomplete! Where is the pie, fella butters? I... didn't get to it in time. No! Fly. That's it for this episode of In My Pantry with Bella. The pie! Thanksgiving tip? Buy a pie from the store. See you next time. If there is one. In My Pantry was written by Sebastian Chow, starring Mia Venwick Smart as Miss Butters and Sebastian Chow as the Turkey Demon. Just a reminder that you are listening to the Humber College radio play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College comedy students. Is it just you listening, or do you have like a family listening with you? Our next play, entitled Miss Misses, was written by Mia Van Wick Smart. Look who's running late again. She's gonna enter in five. Four, three, two. Hey, Dr. A. Good afternoon, Asha. Nice to see you again. Oh, let me guess, it was the train again. Oh, I love your lipstick today. God, she could use a makeover. How am I supposed to confide in anyone that wears orange lipstick? Oh, thank you. I thought I'd try something new. Why is this poor girl always late? It's not like she has a job. Anywho, um... How have you been feeling these past few weeks? Okay, I guess. I mean, I've been feeling normal, I think. <laughs> okay, I need a pickup dry cleaning after I drop Liam off at karate. I don't know. I just hate waking up alone on the days he works. Just means I get a good look at how grimy our sheets are. And then I better run to the grocery store if I'm gonna make that stuffed chicken for dinner tonight. But even though I don't have anything else going on, I still find a way to put off doing laundry somehow. I guess we could always order in, but... <sighs> We just got pizza on Friday. I don't know, I, 
I thought I would at least be happier by now. I mean, it's been a month and a half since we got married, and I still don't even know if I like him. Your husband? Idiot! Yes. My husband, Henry. Henry, my husband. I don't have another one. Wouldn't that be nice? Is she even listening? You know, I've only heard you refer to Henry as your husband maybe twice before. Well, it's only been a month and a half. Just an observation. Do you ever talk to your friends or family about how you've been feeling? That's literally why I'm paying you. God, no. They don't even know we got married. I mean, it's awkward with him knowing my dad and all. Henry and your father know each other? Yeah, they played on the same baseball team. That's how we met. Oh my god, this poor girl's married to a 50-year-old? I used to go watch their games, and we just got talking, I guess. And Henry is your father's age? Ew, no. <laughs> He's like 30. That's still quite a bit older than you. Yeah, no shit. He still owns a VCR. I wonder if we could switch to Rogers and get a better rate. I have to remember to text John after this. Do you think the age difference between you two could be contributing to you feeling disconnected from him? Do you think the age difference could be contributing to you feeling disconnected from him? I don't feel any less connected to him than I do anyone else. Even your family? Oh, especially my family. That's why I packed my shit up and ran out in the middle of the night. I know if my daughter moved out without telling me, I'd be pretty worried about her. Funny, I don't remember asking. Well, I left a note that I got a place downtown. I text my mom sometimes to let her know I'm alive, but I think she thinks I've joined a cult. <laughs> I see. Asha, do you still talk to Sophie? Your ex-girlfriend, Sophie? Seriously? Is she ever gonna stop bringing her up? No. And we... we were never official. We don't talk. That must be really hard. I remember during the summer you telling me you were in love with her. Sometimes I can be dramatic. I wasn't meant to be with her anyways. And why do you think that? Because... I didn't want to be just another city lesbian who wears Birkenstocks even when it's unseasonably cold outside and has the habit of adopting every animal at the shelter that so much as snarls at her. I thought Birkenstocks were back in style. Maybe I could donate mine. I mean, I'm not even gay. <laughs> it's not me, okay? It's just, I'm not. I'm not. Asha, there's nothing wrong with being gay. I know that. I, I misspoke. Henry and I just had this amazing connection and we decided to just go for it, you know? How am I ever supposed to help this poor girl if she refuses to be honest with me? What does Sophie think about you leaving her for Henry? Is she seriously not listening? We don't talk! I didn't leave her for Henry. I mean, I didn't even leave her. One day, she just told me she was dating some chicken pickering, and the next thing I knew, she blocked me, okay? And we were never together anyways. It doesn't matter. It seems to matter at least a little. No, it doesn't matter. She has her pickering girlfriend, and I have my husband, Henry. And also, I'm not gay. This poor girl's definitely gay. Okay. Okay. Well, are you enjoying married life at all? Yeah, no, it's going great, I guess. Uh, he found this killer apartment and the rent is pretty cheap and he took care of everything. He set up the Wi-Fi and he pays the hydro bill on time. There's nothing he wouldn't do for me. He loves me. It's, it's perfect. 
I hate her. And her stupid orange lipstick. What do you guys like to get up to? Uh, I don't know. Get drunk? <laughs> Phone? Last weekend he took me to a lavender farm, so that was pretty cool. I'm not lonely or anything. I don't know why I just can't be happy. Is Henry making you unhappy? No, not exactly. I just don't think he's what I want. And what's that? I don't know. <laughs> I never know what I want. Shoot, I need to add tissues to the Costco list. That must be really frustrating. It is. Sometimes I just want to get on a train and go somewhere nobody knows me and just start again so I don't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. But Asha, didn't you already try to start over again with Henry? Shut up, oh my god, shut up! No. Well, well, I guess. But this time it would be different. I just think, I just wish someone would tell me exactly what to do. You know, you're the only person who can decide what's best for you. Well, clearly not, because no matter what I do every day, I hate living more than I did the last day. When were you last genuinely happy? I guess I was happy last summer. Sophie and I used to go down to the beach together. Do you miss her? Yes. I miss her a lot. You're gay, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay! I just feel so stupid. Like I built up what we had in my head. Like how could she just run off with someone else after everything we've been through? But you ran off with Henry. That's different, she did it first. She doesn't even know I got married because we don't talk, remember? Shoot, what am I gonna get John for our anniversary? Oh, oh, that watch he was looking at maybe? That could be good. And Henry, Henry can give me everything I've always wanted. Like, we can be this perfect little normal white picket fence family. That's what you really want? Yes. Damn it, I don't know. I just wanna have a place, like, like a role or something. It's perfectly normal for people struggling with their sexuality to feel that way. I'm not struggling with my sexuality. I'm struggling with everything. Asha, you're a very intelligent young woman with your whole life ahead of you. Did she seriously go to school for seven years to learn this? If you want to stay with Henry and try to make it work, you can absolutely do that. After school specials give better advice than her. If you want to get on a train and never look back, I suppose you could do that too. You're an intelligent young woman. I know, that's the freaking problem. You could always go back to school or get a divorce, but I can't tell you what to do. It's never a good idea to give up control of your own life. You have to figure out what works for you. But what if I don't like knowing what works for me? Well, you need to figure out what will actually make you happy first. And then what you do after that is up to you. Yeah. Well, Asha, I have to get to my next appointment now. I'll call on your prescription refill as soon as I get a chance, but why don't you try journaling about what we discussed and I'll see you in two weeks. Same time, okay? That works. Bye now. See ya. Idiot. Hey, sweetheart. How was your appointment? Same as always, I guess. 
Oh my god, she's so beautiful. That hat makes him look like a frickin' farmer. Miss Mrs. starred Elizabeth Rizouk with Tyra Banda and Joey Crew as the guy who looks like a farmer with his hat on. Hey! Hey, quiet on set! No, I said quiet on the- Oh, oh, sorry about that. You're listening to the Humber College Radio Play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College Comedy Students. No radio show extravaganza is complete without a mystery. We take you to the future for this one entitled The Mystery at Moncroy Manor. Inspector Slog. Star date 2072. My investigation taken me to the moon on the planet Cactus. The Lord of Montcroy Manor, Augustus P. Montcroy, has been murdered. With the local police unable to find a culprit, I was tasked to solve the case. The investigation began the morning after the murder. And as I made my way up that gravel road to the estate, I was blocked by a rather heavy, hefty member of the local police force. Step no closer, feller. Police only. I am Inspector Dante McCartney Artney. You must be the Cactus Police, no? Oh, Inspector, my apologies. I didn't realize you'd be French. I am Sergeant Fidget, Cactus Police. Buongiorno. Ah, yes. I believe you will be accompanying me on this investigation. Let us begin. After you, Inspector. You can ring the doorbell, Fidget. Ah, yes, the doorbell. Good eye, Inspector. Excuse me, gentlemen. Please! Whoa! False alarm, Fidget. It's the butler. Oh. Sorry. Sergeant Fidget and Inspector Artney, I have been expecting you. I'm the robot family butler, Scrubs McGee. I'm afraid the Lady Monquois is in mourning. Oh, I would like to offer my sympathy. As you know, I am here to investigate the cause of his death. Would you mind if I ask you some questions? What would you like to know? Did you do it? No, Inspector, I did not. Oh, okay. Uh, how intimate was your relationship with the Montcroy family? Intimate? I'm a robot, Inspector. You know what I meant. They treated me with the utmost respect, Inspector. They are like employers to me. Uh, you have a scratch on your armplate. How very suspicious. Oh, yes. I got that while cleaning the intergalactic sheep stable. They're like sheep, but intergalactic. What were you cleaning specifically? The space dust? Bodies? Murders? Hardly. So you weren't in the parlor? No. Have you been there since? No, the sergeant here has closed it off. Aw, you noticed my crime scene. Now, if you gentlemen could excuse me, I must attend to the Lady Malcroix. She's... hungry. His attitude seems suspicious, Inspector. He said he did not kill him. I believe him. You're the Inspector, Inspector. What's our next move? We will impose ourselves upon Gustave de Montcroy. 
the Lord's brother. Oh, I know him. He's the brother. I, I, I just said that. No, I really do know oh, him. Oh, yeah? You did, well, what does he live then? Why, he lives right here in the manor, Inspector. Touche, fidget. You useless sack of space trash, Stefan. Your boring personality is the black hole of my life, sucking everything good into it. You better not have taken our last bit of savings on that operation. I was gonna use that money on my new eyeball tattoo. But, but the doctor said I would die, sweetie. I'll die without some fresh new ink on my peepers. And the surgeon I found across the Milky Way is very expensive. So go ask your brother for more money. Yes, dear. Answer the door. It's the space police. Open up. I mean, it is a space girl cookies. We got all types of cookies for you to eat. And the space police. Ah, uh, Fidget, why did you blow our cover? I did not go through eight space months of Andromeda Police Academy to be called Space Scout Cookies, all right? They're delicious. You know that. That's, a, that's subjective. Bonjour. I'm here to inquire about the death of your brother. Lord Montcroy. He's, He's dead? dead? So what happened at dinner? We um had a nice dinner. Lady Montcroy had to put together a lovely spread, a, a lovely spread, a lovely spread. Speak up, Stefan! Future food, low salt bananas, zero sodium, salty peanuts. Low sodium? He's rich, why is this healthy stuff? He's cheap. Always has been, always will be. A cheap barge person. How very curious. Cheap enough to not write our names in the will. Stefan! I see. Wait, where were the two of you when the body was found? Here. In the woods, digging. Stefan, are you stupid? Yes, dear. Sorry, dear. Wait, what were you digging? That is besides the point, Fidget. I have to ask you to. Did you do it? Excuse me? No! Stefan, show these horrid men out. Yes, dear. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, you, uh, guys, uh, you guys have uh, to go uh, right uh, now. Please, we're leaving. I have a question. Man, please, no. Man, no. Very I got to jump in my own grave. Man, you are please touching my face, sir. Go, go, You're go. very strong. Oh. What an interesting pair those two. Uh, Inspector, I don't know if it's the overwhelming death around us, but I'm starting to feel a bit down on myself, you know? Like, we're all gonna die one day. Uh, You're crying. <laughs> I don't wanna be in a space cemetery. <laughs> If you ever listen to me, look at me. If you ever have to talk to someone and get something off your chest, just tell me so. All right. Uh, I have one thing I need to say. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm ready. We can open up to each other. I lost my space badge yesterday. What? Yeah. Flew right out the hover car window, fell right into space. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. For a second, I thought you were going to tell me something else, you know, about your growing feelings or something. Anyways, uh, you're a police officer. Hooray! Yay! Yay! Yeah. Sorry about your badge. Yeah. 
Excuse me, gentlemen, I just got back from an errand trip in space. Do you know whose badge this belongs to? I've never seen that before in my life. Never before, Fidget, we were just talking about it. It is your badge. I don't know if mine looked like that. I never really looked at it. Look, I'll keep it just in case. Thanks, Scrubs. Anytime. Now, if you two could excuse me again, I have to go brush my teeth. He does have gorgeous teeth for a- She's la Fidget. I'm putting a new inspector's log in my communicator. Inspector's log, I believe Lady Montcroy has mourned long enough. I sent Fidget to gather the rest of the Montcroy family into the parlor where the murder occurred, as I am close to cracking the case. All right, everyone to the main parlor. <laughs> Should I sit here or, or over there? What looks oh, better? Oh, it's your house, Lady Montcroy. You can sit anywhere you like. Anyways, what were you saying? <laughs> so after everyone left the house, I went to our bedroom. I usually find him there reading one of his word of the year calendars, but he wasn't. I found him in the parlor. He was laying on this luxurious imported couch, but it was only until I got closer did I see he was murdered. <laughs> By the way, the word of the year was coniferous. <laughs> You're crying a bunch. Would you like a tissue, miss? My husband is dead. Of course I want a tissue. <laughs> That's truthfully all I know. Of course, that is all you know, Lady Montcroy. I must ask you, though. Yes. Inspector, Inspector. Could I maybe do it this time? Really? Yeah. It seems fun. Right before I'm about to do I'm about to crack this case wide open. For you. Hey, look, Inspector. You said we could open up to each other, right? Yes. I feel like I'm about to cry again if you don't let me do this. <laughs> okay, I don't see why not. Just give it the old college try. Just go, just go. Perfect. Just let me warm up. Warm up. <laughs> Mommy made me mush my space mac and cheese. Mommy made me mush. All right. I'm good. Lady Monk cry. Did you do it? <gasps> you imbecile! What would I have to gain from killing my husband? Money! His real estate holdings around the galaxy. His cars. His spaceships. His yacht. His time machine. His vintage beanie babies. His relation to the Archduke of Luxembourg. His priceless couches, his Golden Girls vintage box set. We can do this all night. What do you want me to say to you ingrates? I did it? Fine, I did it. See, wait, wait, what, wait, what did you just, what? I mean, she said she did it. I just heard her say that. I, um, I misspoke. I mean. I should have told it was your sister, but you? Ha, told you it wasn't me. I was making Stefan dig his own grave in the woods. <laughs> it's true, but the shovel broke. <laughs> Alright, Fidget, take her away. No! Oh, you wouldn't make a grieving woman stand trial! No, but I would send a murderer to jail. Let's incompetent! You should have known it was Lady Montcroy. I am the greatest detective in the galaxy. No, the universe. No, the Maldors! Would anyone care for a tissue? Yeah! Anyone need anything else? 
a vodka tonic, hold the space rocks. <laughs> I'll take a tissue. No! <sighs> the case is closed. And a great use of my signature did you do it technique on Lady Montcroy, Fidget. I am proud of you. Uh, yeah, about that. This has been bothering me all day. I think it's pronounced Montcroix. It's French, sir. Of course. Of course I know that. It's French. Francais. Don't you hear my accent? I believe you, Inspector. Please put down the phaser. I'll wait for you in the space car, Fidget. I need to do one more, Inspector's log. All right. Get up off the luxury space couch, Lady Montcroix. Can't do this! I'm innocent! I'll sue! <laughs> Inspector's log. After retiring 24 hours, I can conclude that the Montcroix manor murder is solved. I'm very tired of this ridiculous accent. Only French inspectors gain respect in the future. But nonetheless, I'm just one inspector in a small solar system. Montcroix Manor murder was the tip of- You coming, sir? The suspect is getting aggressive. I'll kill you! Oh, don't quote me on that! <laughs> coming, fidget! The Mystery at Montcroix Manor was written by and starred Ian Stewart as Inspector Dante McCartney Artnet with Adam Nicole, Gavin Johnstone, Mia Van Wick Smart, Elizabeth Razuk, and Joey Crew. Are you enjoying the radio play so far? Good. Have any positive feedback? I don't know. Put it on Humber's Twitter. I don't know if people go on Humber's Twitter anymore. In or Out looks at how you never know where you can get the help you need or from who. Oh, man. I don't think it'll be much longer. Dr. Warner wanted to talk to my parents without me. Huh? What's wrong with you? Uh, nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> then why are you here? I have an appointment. Why? Why what? Why do you have an appointment? For fun. <laughs> my parents made me come. Cool, I guess. I put my turtle in the microwave. Okay, well that would do it. My sister called me a psychopath last week. Maybe because you cooked Franklin. Who? Your turtle. A kid at school told me it would make his shell change colors. Did it work? He exploded. But I guess technically, yeah, because then his shell was black. My parents had to buy a new microwave because they couldn't get the smell out. Ew. My sister said she's going to put me in the microwave and see what color I turn. Your sister kind of sounds like a, the, the worst. She is the worst. Where are you going? You ask a lot of questions, kid. It's Arlo. And I'm 10. I'm tired of waiting around. Me too. I have anxiety. That may- Oh, and I interrupt people. <laughs> you don't say. Cool fish. Those kinds of fish eat their own babies. It's called filial cannibalism. That one floating in the corner, I named him Pasta because he's dead. He pasta away, get it? Plus, I love pasta. I was probably just sleeping. Pesto pasta is my favorite and he's very, very dead. 
Okay, well, nice to meet you, kid. Arlo, why are you leaving? I just, I don't see the point anymore. She'll just tell me to go on walks and drink more water, then give me yet another prescription of Wellbutrin, even though I've already told her it gives me dry mouth and keeps me up half the night. I can't swallow pills. Do you want to play Connect Four? Uh... Please? Okay, fine. You'll lose. That's a bold claim coming from someone who can't swallow an Advil. You make jokes when you're nervous. No, I don't. You've been looking at the door since you got here. Why are you so scared to go in? She's gonna tell me I'm broken, okay? And I don't know if I can hear that from her. Not again. It's okay to be scared sometimes. Last month I went to have my first sleepover at my friend Jackson's house. I couldn't fall asleep. And I was so homesick I threw up pink candy in my pillowcase. My mom had to come pick me up. I don't think that story did what you wanted it to do. So? Last week, Jackson had another sleepover, and my mom was going to come pick me up before bed. But I stayed because we hadn't finished the movie. And I didn't even yak. I ate a whole box of Pop-Tarts, and we stole his brother's iPad to look at pictures of ladies' boobs. <sighs> Could have left that last part out, bud. I was scared, but then it got less scary. And can you imagine if I missed that? <sighs> yes, okay. Your story is not lost on me. And I'm glad you and Jackson got to see some boobs. But this is a little different, okay? How? Because I know how all of this goes. My mom says you can't know for sure until you try something. Well, I've already tried. <laughs> My mom also says you always have to get back up on the horse. But I'm not sure whose horse. Your mom sounds like she has live, laugh, love decor. <gasps> How'd you know? My mom did too. Oh, okay. Could you tell her I had to leave? But I don't know your name. It's Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Arlo. Why'd you say your mom did have those things? Does she not have them anymore? My mom also has a bath mat that says slip happens, but I think it's tacky. Oh, well, uh, my mom died. Slip really does happen. Wow, your mom died. Sometimes I get so mad at my mom, I wish she was dead. Like when she didn't even ground my sister after she pinned me down and paper mache my face and forgot the Vaseline. But if she was gone forever, I would miss her a lot and her chocolate chip pancakes. Do you miss your mom? Every day. And in your sister's defense, that's kind of funny. I lost half an eyebrow. Well, like I said, she sounds like the worst. She is the worst. Ready to play Connect Four? Bring it on. Your parents have been in there a long time. You sure you just killed one turtle? Yeah, we had a funeral. Do you think they'll be done soon? I don't know. My mom always has a lot of questions. She's one of those moms, you know? Oh yeah, my mom is the same way. My mom is in three book clubs. My mom was in two. I couldn't interrupt her when she was reading. It was always, Julie Lorraine Fisher, can I not have one minute for myself? When literally, I just needed her to tell me where my sweater was. Moms always know where to find things. 
It's like their weird superpower. Do you lose a lot more things now, you know, without your mom to find them? I've, uh, yeah. I've lost a lot. I win! Rematch! Hey, Julie, where's your dad? We're not that close. But he's your dad. And it's your turn. But don't you love him? Well, it's a given that you love your parents, right? I mean, most of the time, at least. Yeah. You're born, and you're told these are your people. You love your people, but you didn't choose these people. These people didn't even choose you. I guess so. It's the luck of the draw. With my mom, I won. But with my dad, it's just habit. And is habit even real love? Because if I'm looking at the actual man that's standing in front of me and I strip him of the highly esteemed title of dad, he's suddenly fallen off this pedestal that he made me put him on in the first place. My mom deserved her pedestal, every inch. And maybe I'm not being fair to my dad. Sure, he's an unmoving, unfeeling, pig-headed man who forgot my birthday this year. But he is there. That's more than other people can say. He went to every dance recital. Couldn't tell which ladybug I was, but he was there. My mom knew which ladybug I was with her eyes closed. My mom deserved her pedestal, and she didn't even have to try. My dad, he just doesn't try at all. It's your turn. There, four, I win. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on a pedestal, just like your mom. Why? <laughs> because you talk to me even though I'm a weird kid. We're all weird kids, Arlo. So, does that mean we're friends? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Though, I still wouldn't trust you with my pets. For three and a half months, my turtle, Donna Shello, lived a very full life. It kind of sounds like they're wrapping up in there. Is my mascara running? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Are you still scared? I, uh, yeah, a little. Remember, just like Jackson's sleepover, Pop-Tarts and boobs. Arlo, thanks so much for letting me talk to your parents about all the great work we're doing. I'll see you next week. Okay, honey, ready to head home? Oh, I see you've kept yourself entertained. See ya, kid. Julie, come on in. Pop-tarts and bibs. Pop-tarts and bibs. Hi, Dr. Warner. In or Out was written by Elizabeth Razuk and starred Mia Van Wick-Smart, and Joey Crew. You're listening to the Humber College radio play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College comedy students. Our next radio play, entitled Golf, hits a hole in one. On the seventh hole, the foursome is just wrapping up. All four are under par. The seventh is one of my favorites, Pat. Would you look at that view over the green? 
Eyes on the course, Mike. <laughs> Percy with a beautiful butt. Let's go over to Robinson. He's pulling out the three wood. Known for his unique choice of clubs, Robinson has pulled out the three wood in the hopes of gaining some yardage. He's known to be consistent on the back nine and has a good chance of scoring a birdie. Let's see what he can do. God, I'm bored. Where's a streaker when you need one? Huh? Oh, oh totally, totally, yeah. And a wonderful head up the fairway. A slight curve to the right, but a good drive nonetheless. It's been a great day for Robinson, as he's now seven under on the tenth hole. Let's see how he does on the approach. Did you see how Robinson swung on that one? Sure, Mike. It was a beauty. Was it a beauty, Pat? Was it? Uh... Never mind. Let's go over to O'Connor, who's pitching from the rough. A good swing end. No, it doesn't make sense, Pat. That shouldn't have been a good hit. Sure, it went down the fairway, but look at his stance. Seemed like he was way too far from the ball, and he twisted like crazy. Well, he's the pro, Mike. The results speak for themselves. Uh, I'm not sure they do. What, do you think he isn't a good golfer? I think we're being lied to. Mike, are you accusing O'Connor of cheating? No, it's the same sort of thing with every player. I think they're all cheating. Calm down, Mike. Let's focus on calling it. Now on the eighth hole, it's more. Looks like the sun might be in his eyes on this one. Hmm. What is that? A laser pointer. I'm testing a theory. You go ahead and relax. Moore sets up his shot, and... Mike, don't point it at him. I'm not. I'm pointing it at the ball. Won't be a problem if the ball's not a drone. What? Damn it. It didn't work. Of course not. Can we get back to our jobs? No. I, I must be going about it wrong. A laser would only work if it had sensors. Give it a rest, man. Uh, give me a sec. I, I need to get something for my car. What? Come on! Sorry for the delay, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like, uh, uh, O'Connor's over on the five. He's in the sand trap end. Mike, get off the course! See how you like an EMP! What? It didn't work. Hey, my phone's out. Sorry, folks. It looks like announcer Mike has run out onto the course. He's holding some sort of electronic thing. Mike, why'd you have to do that, man? And what's this? Some suits from the audience are running towards him. It's going to be a foot race. <clears throat> Mike's out ahead, but they seem to be gaining on him. He heads for a golf cart, but no, he changes his mind. That'll cost him a few valuable seconds. He breaks into a sprint and heads for the trees. Oh, no. His foot went in the hole. He's down. And Mike gets buried under a pile of black cloth and crew cuts. Oh, look. Someone's pulled up in an SUV. They just chucked him in the back. That is certainly expedient. I guess I'm going solo for the rest of the day. Hey, what's the big idea? What are you doing kidnapping fellows off the street? Of uh, course. Mike, is it? Who wants to know? My name is not important. I represent the interests of the PGA. We saw your little stunt out there. Oh, right. Uh, I'm real sorry about that. It won't happen again. I, I promise. Just let me go. I had some crazy idea that you used drones. <laughs> drones? <laughs> we don't use drones. The balls. 
are holograms. I knew it. I knew it. Well, I didn't think of holograms, but I knew the game wasn't real. No one can hit like that. You're right. No one's actually good at golf. It's designed to be a sport that's frustrating. We It's been as consistent as firing an arrow from a bucking donkey. Right. Instead, we project the balls onto the course, so it looks like the pros are hitting good swings. Of course, of course. And the ball can go wherever you want. Oh, the world needs to hear about this. No, you can't tell anyone. For the sake of your viewers, for the sake of the sport, for the sake of the world. People know pro wrestling is fake and they still tune in. Millions of people tune in to watch golf every week because it's casual, tranquil, and mindless. It's perfect for when you want sports playing in the background but don't want to actually pay attention. And think about the millions of senior citizens who depend on the sport for mild physical exercise and socialization and fashion. Without pro golf, there would be no ambition, no passion for the recreation, and this fresh and vibrant sport would slowly die out. You don't want that. Uh, still, people deserve to know pro golf is a sham. You may think you're doing them a favor, but you're not. The people are happy in their ignorance. <laughs> I'm sorry, lady. I'm not keeping your secret. Just wait until Pat hears about this. He already knows. Pat? Hey, Mike. You, you knew this whole time? Of course I did. I figured it out years ago. But you didn't... I figured you'd figure it out soon enough. Samantha here would straighten you out and we could move on. Didn't know you'd make a scene. But you didn't consider telling people? I'm not gonna ruin golf. Well, it's too late now. What do you mean? My phone has been live streaming this whole conversation. The truth is out. What have you done? I need to speak to the crowd. Mike, wait. That's right, folks. You heard it. Pro golf is fake. Good bloody job, you idiot. What? I uncovered the truth. You ruined golf. Yeah, why'd you have to spoil it for the rest of us? Uh, I thought the people needed to know- No, stuff it! Get out of here, jerk! I don't understand, Pat. The PGA lied to them for years. They should be mad at them, not me. They were happy in that lie, Mike. It was comforting. They were having a pleasant ride on the golf cart of ignorance, and you punted them out into the sand trap. Now they're left with nothing but sand in their eyes. And so are you. What do you mean? Mike, what do we do for a living? We commentate pro golf. And what doesn't exist now, thanks to you? Pro... golf? Oh, why didn't I just choose baseball? Baseball? Don't get me started. Golf was written by Gavin Johnstone and starred Sebastian Chow, Daniel DeStellis, and Miroslav Makarov. And now for our grand finale. Mm. Romeo and Juliet. 
Dawn and Carmen, Buffy and Spike, lovers threatened with unsure destinies, with conflict, with death and decay, despair, anguish, super salad. Oh, this tale we tell you will be one of passion, a family of misunderstandings and bravery. We take you to a peaceful night on the streets of Merida, to the shoes of a young lady walking home with her head in the clouds and her heart in turmoil. Ay, Dios mío, such a strong breeze tonight. I hope I make it home in time. There is no need to worry my familia. Ay, I'm late. I better hurry. Mama made us emulada. I hope she would be upset. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't mean. <gasps> Carmelita, is it? What are you doing here? Carmelita, please. What are you doing here? I have come back to gather my mail. But I have also come back for you, my love your priorities astound me but you know we cannot be <laughs> fernando can you not spare me a chance a moment with you so tender and genteel no i cannot and i will not why not things have changed i am not the ribbonada they for you to play around with. I would cherish you until the end. You know this. Why won't you see me as a man? Because I am engaged to another man. What? My father says it, and so I will marry this man. Who is this man? His name is Connor. <laughs> but, Carmelita, I have come back. We can run away. We can be free like when we were young. This Connor man is not for you. Don't you dare speak to me. Not about this. I will listen to my father. Move. Famalita. Move. I'm going home to my family, my propertito, and I, I'm never going to see you again. Do not follow me. Do not. Please. Goodbye. Fernando. A broken promise, a face from the past, upsetting, twisting, hints of pain and longing, the smell of lavender and smoke, a confrontation unlike any other, raising only questions that remain unanswered. Why is Fernando back? Does Carmelita love Connor? Or does she still love Fernando? Will Fernando get his mail? Will Carmelita Zemalada still be hot off the stove when she makes it home? Let's look at her now, solemnly picking at her food at a dinner where the spirits are not high.
Carmelita, you're picking at your food like a chicken with no appetite. Eat, eat. Listen to your father, Carmelita. You are embarrassing yourself in front of Connor. What? No, it's fine. But are you feeling okay, Carmelita? You look a little pale. Maybe you should get some rest. See? You are tearing him apart. This is nothing. I am sorry for worrying you. I simply ran into someone from long ago. Who was it? If, if you're comfortable with saying. Who did you see? It was Fernando. Do not speak that name at this table. Did something happen? I don't get it. You said he's just an ex. He was the love of my life. I cannot let him go so easily. Don't you start. Oh, his tender gaze, his beautiful hands, his compassionate corazón. <laughs> Look at what you've done to your mother. She is hysterical. ¿Qué te pasa? ¿Por qué no te olvidas de él? We spent many years looking for the perfect man, and that Chucho Fernando is not the one. Escandaloso lo que piensa, mijilla. We chose the finest, smartest, strongest man with seven PhDs and the proper hairline for you. And you spit on our faces. Do you know how long we spent on Academeloso only looking for a good Christian man? Listen to her and do not think of any other man. You are to be married to Connor and that is final. But the father, I have been thinking. Do not think and do not speak back to your father. Whoa, whoa, don't hit. Mother, listen to me. No! Yo, what the hell? You've never understand, mother. Don't talk to your mother like that. Yo, world star! You don't see? How dare you? Insolent. Mm-mm-mm. It is unacceptable to treat a child who only wishes to live their own life Freely, like a dove in the city. <sighs> now we turn to poor Carmelita, consoling her fiance after that familial spat. Listen, are you okay? That was a lot of slapping. You need me to get you something? Benadryl, water, toasty locos? No, there is nothing. Or no one. My heart desires. Maybe a NyQuil, uh, more ice. You don't look okay. My heart belongs to you, as it is said by my father. We will marry, and I will be happy. Okay, not what I asked, but since we're on the topic, you don't sound happy at all. I wasn't going to tell you, but I saw another man. Yeah, I got that from the dinner talk. Doesn't sound like your encounter went well. His name is Fernando. Uh-huh, your ex, right? He doesn't sound too bad. He made me feel like I had a chance to be free. A chance to live without my parents breathing down my neck. To live like a bird in the sky. Oh, wow. Uh, that's very nice, but what happened between you two? <laughs> Father forbids me from seeing him, and I must listen to my father. He's never liked the rugged nature of Fernando. You don't really have to. I will marry you, but I do not feel the same love as when I was with him. 
Good to hear you be honest. Oh, how I long to be in his arms, oh, Fernando. Well, if you feel that way, you should go after him. What? But, Connor, we were kind of forced to be engaged, and I always felt there was something off about you in a nice way. If this guy makes you feel happy, I don't mind breaking things off so you can be free. Besides, I do see you more like a friend than a future wife or something. Oh, Connor. I'm glad we had this talk, and, and I hope you feel happy. Oh, I promise you, I will finally be happy, guapito, for once in this life. I will finally be happy and like my time in this engagement. I'm finally free. Okay, that's a little rude to me, but okay, bye. What is the meaning of- Avalita, get back here! Why were you running? I have come to see you, Fernando. I don't see why. Because I do love you. Do you? See, and I'm sorry for pushing you away. Carmelita. I want to be with you until the end of time. I want to wake up to your face, your warmth, your cologne, your taste. Carmelita! <laughs> oh, Fernando, will you still have me? Only if you will have me in return. See, 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 see me, amor. Until the end, let it just be you and me. Just me and you. A lack of proper communication. Little free will. Assumption of no control. Yet the caged bird flies free now over the hills, bound in soul with her love, leaving behind the eroded cage that once bound her away. Anyway, yeah, so that's the plot of every other telenovela. I don't know why you'd listen to it or watch it. Literally all their problems can be solved in one episode, but they just keep dragging it on and on. But look, if that's what you like, yeah, not gonna judge you, just go on. Anyway, that's the end of this one. See you next week when it is revealed that Fernando is actually Carmelita's long lost brother. Bye. Lost in Translation was written by Miroslav Makarov. It starred Tyra Banda, Darby McCann, Evan Klim, Elizabeth Razuk, and Adam Nicole, featuring Mandel Charlus as Connor. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This was the Humber College Radio Play Extravaganza, written and performed by Humber College comedy students.